as someone who's experienced selling physical products, it's just so much easier <laughs> to sell digital ones. You know, it's just nice to see orders coming through for this font and know that the systems all doing it for me and that I'm not actually having to go and then print a t-shirt and put it in the post to people. I'm excited to actually have something to offer people again. Welcome to Design Life, a podcast about design and side projects for motivated creators. I'm one of your hosts, Femke. And I'm your other host, Charlie. Today's episode comes by way of a listener request. I don't have the tweet in front of me, so I can't remember who it was. I'm sorry. But whoever you are, thank you for requesting this topic. Today, we're going to talk about making and launching a font for sale. This is something that I did recently, last week, in fact. Um, and yeah, we had a listener say that this would be something that interested to hear about on the show so today we're going to talk about that what went into making a font it's something that i think a lot of designers think about doing but uh maybe not something that everyone takes action on so i hope today i can share some behind the scenes with you about what that process was like and who knows maybe maybe this will be your encouragement to put that idea into action i'm so excited for this episode because i feel like this has been a long time coming you've been working on this for a little while and we've been hearing occasional you know updates along along the way as you've been kind of putting time and effort into this congrats first of all on launching it before we even get into it like where can people go to to see this this font that you've created and support you by buying it oh yeah well you can go to charliemarie.com slash font uh, charlie has no e on the end hopefully you know that if you listen <laughs> to this show but who knows charliemarie.com slash font the font is called grayscale it's a sans serif handmade font so it's based on me writing with like a marker pen yeah check it out see if you might enjoy it for any projects that you have coming up i've really appreciated everyone's feedback and support so far awesome and i guess let's start at the beginning like how did this come to be what what point did you think like oh i want to create and sell a font like what has this process kind of been like for you how did it come about let's hear a little bit of the the earlier stages yeah, so I am an avid font collector myself. Yeah, love buying a good font, uh, especially a handmade one or an interesting one. I would say that I mostly collect what I would call display fonts, where they're mostly intended to be used in you know a, a piece of graphic design art piece rather than to lay out a book text, for example. Yeah, different fonts for YouTube video thumbnails for for t-shirt designs back in the day for creating my own like computer wallpapers art pieces that sort of thing and I don't know it's just always been something that I wanted to do was make a font of my own uh, and then I think what actually kicked me off to take action on it was seeing a course by Tila Cunningham uh, for sale it was called learn font making so the clues in the name uh, and in it, she goes into detail about how to create a font and it was like a process to follow. And so having that course made me feel like it was something I could do because, you know, there was a process I could follow. I knew someone who was very experienced with making fonts herself was going to be taking me through it. And so that I bought the course and went through it. And that's uh, how I eventually ended up with the font was thanks to that course. That's so cool. So it was like the process of going through this course. Did it like encourage you to create your own font as you were going through it? And then is that what turned into Grayscale or was there Mm -hmm. like a different inspiration that uh, went into making Grayscale? Yeah. So the font I made like as I watched through the course, exactly. Like I worked through the course at each step creating my font. So um, it started out 
by figuring out what you want it to look like. And for me, that meant spending a bunch of time in Procreate, just drawing with different brushes on my iPad and seeing what, what I felt would be cool um, as a whole font with all of the letters, you know, just writing out random words. And I decided to start off kind of easy. And instead of doing a script font, which gets difficult to like match Ooh, up yes. all the letters and things, um, I'd start off with a sans serif that seemed a bit easier. And I thought I'd just base it on letters that I felt looked cool when written with a marker brush, which was one of my favorites uh, to use in Procreate. And so I just wrote some letters out and uh, that was the easy part, honestly. <laughs> that, that part I probably had done a couple of years ago when I first started talking about this making a font thing. And it was all of the other bits that I just really needed, I think, the time of being at home during this quarantine to uh, force myself to get it done because it was it was a lot of work. There's You have to vectorize the letter forms. So, you know, get it into Illustrator and then perfect them all, getting them how you want as vectors, which isn't as easy as just pushing trace image, unfortunately. No, I can't imagine it is. <laughs> and then it's getting it into the font software because I was like, how how is a font actually made? I have no idea, but I know this course is going to tell me. And um what Tealy uses and so what I used because it was what she talked about in the course is a software called Glyphs and so it's basically a brand new piece of like design software that I'd never touched before so there was a learning curve there but uh, you basically copy in each letter form individually into Glyphs in its right like place sort of do the final perfections in there and then you got to think about the spacing between them all the letters and the kerning and yeah, that, that was the bit that took the longest for sure was first of all, the vectorizing and then the getting it into glyphs and figuring out all the spacing and basically just doing a bunch of testing to, to figure out what was looking good. Yeah. What was your iteration process like? Like I, I can't imagine that it sort of all worked out on the first go. Absolutely not. <laughs> what would you kind of do to like check how the font looked and you know when you typed it out into sentences or how how would you determine like how much spacing you need around different letters like what what theory went into that and then what was your like iterative process like yeah so um I think it was a let me I'm trying to remember the letters off the top of my head because I was following Tila's course throughout this whole thing and um and it she gives some great guidelines for figuring out the spacing of a font where basically you start with an h and a Oh, I think it was. Mm -hmm. And so you, those are the letters you start with and you figure out what spaces you need to basically type OH, OH, what's going to look good between those. Um, and then because an H has two straight lines on either edge and an O has a curve on either edge, you apply that same spacing to other fonts. So a D, for example, you might put an H worth of spacing on the left-hand side and an O worth of spacing on the oh, right-hand side. Interesting. Because the left is straight edged and the right has the curve, right? Got it. Yeah. So that's kind of the process that it took, uh, was going through and basically she talked through every single letter form. And so I won't do that on this podcast, but, um, that's the theory behind it is that you set that H and O space, and then you use that to apply to everything else. And sometimes you end up needing to tweak it. Like you might need to do H minus five or something like that. Uh, so you are judging based on your own eye, what looks good. And honestly, I think this is the difference between a well-crafted font and one of those free fonts, or perhaps that someone, one that someone's made by, uh, I know these websites where you just like upload a sample of your handwriting and it spits out a font. I think the big difference between those two types of fonts is all in this spacing stuff. 
because it's so much to get it right and so much like testing it out. I, to answer that question of yours, I put in different versions of Lorem Ipsum. There's a, a site called Meet the Ipsums where you can get like cupcake Ipsum, which is all about Cute. sweets and cookies <laughs> or, you know, stuff like that. Coffee Ipsum, which is all about coffee type of stuff to get different words in there to be looking at the letter forms. But I think there's a big difference between well-crafted font and a, you know, a free font is perhaps all in these details of the spacing and how it ends up looking overall. Yeah. And I'm I'm curious, like, because we talk a lot on the show about, like, side projects and making time for things. I know you've talked a lot about your philosophy around, like, breaking big projects down into small chunks and, like, doing a little bit here and there. What what was that like for you in this project? Because I know it took you a little while. Uh, how how did you kind of set yourself up to, like, create this this font like did you just do little bits here and there did you set yourself little goals of like okay like in six months time I want to have this done or what did that look like for you as you went through this journey yeah so I would say that um like I think as I said before it was a couple of years ago that I started this process drew the letter form started vectorizing but I kind of dropped it because it was taking up a lot of time and I was doing a lot of travel so I would say that really I started working on this seriously a few months ago when the lockdown happened oh, wow yeah uh, I definitely did take it in little chunks. So I would basically do like, okay, today I'm going to vectorize all the capital letters, you know, <laughs> or when I worked out that I, that actually took longer than I expected, I'd be like, okay, I'm going to do A through G or whatever, you know, and uh, set a goal for myself each day. Yeah, always trying to get to that next point, but also trying really hard not to rush it too much because, and it was, it was really frustrating at times to get through it all because it's so much in the details and, you know, you're spending months with this thing before anyone else even sees it and before you even know if it's any good or not or whatever. What got me through was just thinking, I want to have a really high quality product at the end of this. Mm -hmm. And so I need to put the time in now that this is all front loaded stuff, right? Usually with the projects that I do, YouTube, this podcast, any sort of writing, you know, that sort of thing. It, it's like I'm creating this one little piece and then the next week I'm going to make another piece. And so it feels like it's ongoing. Right. Whereas this project is one that this font is done now, you know? Yeah. It's up there on the internet and I hope people will keep buying it. But my work on it has ended. I don't need to be working on it anymore. So that was kind of a new state of mind to be in, I guess, to realize that, yes, this is taking a long time and you're having to put a lot of effort in, but it's going to pay off because uh, this thing, once it's finished, um, you don't need to keep doing this work on it. You can move on to something else. And that was just kind of new for me, I guess, because most of the things I do for my side projects these days is creating content. Yeah. Did you find it that gave you like a little bit of extra motivation to kind of perfect it and like really put more time and energy and effort into it, knowing that kind of once it's done, like it's it's untouchable? Kind of. Yeah. I mean, I don't think it's completely untouchable. I could always if there's if someone reported an issue with it, for example, I could send out an updated copy to everybody, but I definitely don't want to have to do that. And so that was a huge <laughs> motivation was to get it right first time. You know, that's why several weeks of this process was just spent on testing and perfecting mm -hmm. for sure. And I want to know a little bit about your sort of launch towards Ooh, yeah. this and like, I know you did sort of like a little bit of marketing stuff around it and like, you know, had a, had a page, a landing page and people could sign up. Can you share a little bit about, about that? Because I think that's a, a thing that a lot of people 
miss in this process of like creating a product is like you you put all the time and energy into creating this thing and then you just announce that it's there and then you know if you haven't kind of built up that that hype and that anticipation you might not have as successful of a launch and so I think you did some really cool things with the font I'm curious to hear more like what your kind of strategy or thinking was around actually launching and marketing this product yeah so I I went back and forth on this but I decided in the end that I wasn't going to do a launch special. That's something that I'd had success with before. When I launched my Patreon, I did this like 24 hour special thing where like, if you sign up now, you'll get all this extra stuff. And it was a big success. Like loads of people signed up because of that special offer I was giving. Yeah. And I thought about doing that this time, but um, when it came to pricing my font and Tila's course also had really great advice about pricing your font. And I decided to go with $12 for the standard version and 26 for the extended version, which is the one for with a commercial license um, and a web font included. I decided on that price because um, she suggested setting your first font a little bit lower because it is your first attempt um, and you're only going to get better from there. So I expect that future fonts I make will be priced maybe at like $15, for example, for the, for the standard license. Um, but yeah, looking at this font that I just spent like hours making and being like, this is worth $12. It was kind of like, oh my gosh, I know it's a numbers game. And that the point is that um, you create it once and then, you know, an unlimited number of people can buy copies of it. Right. But I still just couldn't fathom giving a discount on that. Yeah. It's already so low, right? Yeah. I feel like that's undervaluing it. If I do like a 50% off or a 25% off and then anything less than 25 doesn't really sound like it's worth giving a discount, you know? Um, So I'm not going to do a launch special. I wanted to see what would happen if I didn't like, let's, let's just see, let's just see what happens. Cause this is a side project at the end of the day, my like, um, livelihood isn't relying on this so I can take some risks like that. Um, yeah, so no launch special, which meant there was no real like urgency for people to buy. But, um, I was really grateful that I had some people who are just excited about it and excited for the launch, you know? And I think that happened because I have been talking about it throughout the process. It wasn't like, Boom, I made a font. Surprise. I've been talking about it on this show, on my YouTube channel, on Twitter, all the places where I you know, would end up promoting the font. I'd been talking about making it previously. So people knew it was coming. And uh, I think that sort of had people maybe more ready to buy. I don't know. I, I was pleased with how it went anyway, considering there was no launch special to date. So the font's been out for five days now by the time we're recording this. I have sold 40 copies which I'm very pleased with and that most people as well have been buying the extended version. That's great. I did do a kind of a special with that, I suppose, where as well as getting the commercial license and the web font included, which is what Tila suggested in her course, uh, I decided to also include a pack of matching vectors in the extended version, just so sort of like an extra sweet to sweeten the deal yep, for yep. Um, getting the, the more expensive tier. And uh, I think maybe that worked because... Honestly, like I maybe I expected 50-50, but it's been more like 80-20 where 80% of people have purchased the extended license. That's really cool. I also noticed, and I hope you don't mind that I share this because I'm on your Patreon. Go for it. Uh, and I noticed that you also gave away those Victor packs to your Patreon members. Is that right? Yeah, I wanted to give them a spe- little special deal. I also gave them a free upgrade to my extended um, license. So, you know, shout out to my patrons. Yeah. Because, um, it's like in my Patreon thing that I give them a discount on few, on products. I see. Like I said, I didn't want to set up a percentage off code for this. 
And so I was like, you know what, instead, if they, they can have the vector pack for free. And if they buy the standard license, I'll upgrade them to the extended one for free. So that was what I decided to do there. See, that's really nice. I think that's a nice way to like reward people who have been, you know, they signed up to like follow you and they're really interested in your content. Uh, so I thought that was really, really nice that you did that. Thanks. Yeah, it was fun. So how are you planning to use this font? I don't know. I feel like I <laughs> want to use it in YouTube videos, um, like in titles within the video, that sort of thing. But honestly, I just really enjoyed the process of making it and I already want to make another one. That's cool. I think I'm going to make a script font next time. It's fun to like, I don't know, have a project to be working on and be making something at the end of it. And I think I just want to end up with a bunch of fonts in my store, you know? I think, think that'd be really cool. And I don't think that I am trying to make selling fonts a full-time thing. It's a really competitive market out there, right. and, you know, <laughs> but it's fun. It's fun to work on and to have this little project. Yeah. I was, I was going to ask like, what is next for you? Like, do you think this was the seed of like doing more digital products? Is that something that you want to get more into and like have more of a sort of digital store or yeah. What's, what's kind of your future thinking after this? I think it is. I can't think of what other types of digital products I'd make though, but um, definitely more fonts for sure. I think it's fun to have digital products available for sale. And uh, as someone who's experienced, you know, had a decade of experience selling physical products, it's just so much easier to sell <laughs> digital ones. You know, it's just nice to see orders coming through for this font and yeah. know that the systems will do it for me and that I'm not actually having to go and then print a t-shirt and put it in the post to people. Yep. Yeah, I loved that t-shirt store as we've talked about in the past, but it was time for it to go. But I'm excited to actually have something to offer people again, for sure. Yeah, well, that's so cool. I, I'm, I've been proud to kind of be able to almost follow you very closely on this journey. Like I remember, no, I remember when you talked about wanting to make a font, it must have been like two, maybe three years ago when like this Probably. first came. Yeah. So I'm, <laughs> I mean, it took a while, but that's okay. Good things take time. So I just, yeah, I want to congratulate you because I think it's, it's really awesome. And I'm excited for what's to come because I feel like, I don't know, something in me tells me that this is only the beginning for you. So I'm, I'm super excited to see what you kind of work on next. Yeah. Oh, thanks, Sam. Have you ever been tempted to do something like this yourself? Yeah, I've been thinking, I mean, not a font. I will, I will okay. be honest. I probably am not the font making type, um, <laughs> but I have thought about making things like Figma templates and kind yes. of like, I know that Figma has a whole community feature. There's no paywall on it. So you just sort of publish to like a, a free open community marketplace on Figma. Um, so, you know, I might start with something there and then if, that went okay and I was getting some traction, maybe consider creating a bit more comprehensive templates and, and paywalling them. I, I don't really know, but I feel like that might be something that could fit really well with my audience and the kind of content that I talk a lot about in my videos. Um, so yeah, that's kind of on the back of my mind, just kind of, I don't have an idea per se right now of what I would want to create a template on, but I'm just keeping my eyes open for like opportunities or if I talk about a topic in a video like oh is there an opportunity here to sort of include a template about this or something like that so I think that would be somewhere that I would start yeah I think that sounds really smart that sounds great I need to have a think about like how I could expand mine too templates do sound like a good idea I feel like one day I would love to create 
a like a website template. Oh, yeah. Perhaps a Webflow one and have it available in the Webflow store or whatever. I don't know. That, that would be fun. Maybe one day that would be a thing I work on. But that sounds like as much effort as the font was, I, I feel like for some reason the website template would be even more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little more complex. I, I definitely am more in favor of the, the digital products than physical for me. Just I know the work that goes into physical things. Like even <laughs> even just sending out our Design Life pins, which is like – so easy. I don't have to make the pins. All I have to do is like put them in an envelope and go to the post office. But there's just something about that. That's just so much work and so much effort. And then it goes into the post and you're like waiting for a long time. And yeah, I think I, I would rather invest my time in, in digital products. Yep. I think that's smart. And this feels like a good note to end on. Can I end with a pitch for our pin? Yes. Because <laughs> you started by asking me and about your our font, font, of course. Yes, okay. We've <laughs> talked about the font, but you should definitely go check out this pin that we have. Um, it says work in progress. It's a beautiful design created by Holly Arnett. And uh, it's a lovely little pin. So go buy that and give them a reason to go to the post <laughs> office. <laughs> and make sure you check out Charlie's font as well. We will link to it all in the show notes. And Charlie, let's link to the course that you, you mentioned as well. Yes, let's definitely do that. I would highly recommend it. I'm not like an affiliate or anything for it. I'm just, you know, shouting about its value because I, I loved it so much. So yeah, we'll link to that for sure. Awesome. Well, where can people go to hear more episodes? If you head to designlife.fm, you will find all previous episodes of this podcast, including links to our store and all the things like that. So that's the place to go. And if you have a suggestion for a topic in the future, like this episode came from a lovely listener, uh, then you can always tweet us at designlife.fm and let us know what you want us to talk about. Yes, we are always interested in hearing that. All right. Good chat, fam. Have a great week. Bye. Bye.